You are listening to Time to Revive. This show is designed to help you get the confidence to share your faith in everyday life. The music in the background is Revival from Third Day. Welcome to another episode of Time to Revive. This is Mark Bird. I'll be your host today again, but today is a special day because not only are we introducing a brand new series, but I also have a very special guest with me in person today. Her name is Jennifer Beck, and she is from Lima, Ohio. Jennifer, welcome to the program. Mark, thank you so much. It's great to be here with you. Jennifer and I have known each other for a few years, and we've done a lot of ministry stuff together. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is a little bit new for Jennifer. She's usually working in television land. Yeah, I'm usually on the other side of the microphone. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) And that's why I say I'm excited about this. But we're also, I felt led to begin a new series starting today, and Jennifer's going to help me unpack it. And uh, it's fun because this is going to be a discussion between two believers, two people that have been in ministry for a long, long time. And we'll just kind of unpack what this looks like. The title of this new series is Fulfilling and Finishing the Great Commission. So again, we talk about the Great Commission all the time on this program because, of course, that's what we're driven by. And we feel like Jesus wants us all to do that. And so when I say the word, you know, we need to fulfill the Great Commission, Jennifer, I don't think that is too surprising, is it, to say that, hear that word? Oh, no, not at all. That's been a command that Jesus gave hundreds of years ago, right? and it is still very active right now, and some would say potentially even more than ever before. I think you're right, Jennifer, especially all we have to do is look at the world around us. And I know you being a journalist, you hear a lot of things about the world around us, right? And there is a lot happening. But I think we also need to remember that none of it's a surprise to God. Mm. And we also don't yet know how much more is going to happen because potentially what we've seen now may not even compare to what we are going to yet see And I just keep reminding myself that God knows that through every bit of it, he has equipped us with what we need to be fulfilling that great commission through every step of the struggles that will potentially be coming. Amen. It's almost like I wrote this script and handed it to you, but the audience already knows, Jennifer, that every week we don't rehearse anything. Uh, Absolutely not. Nope. (laughs) It's totally spirit-led. So I'm so glad that you said that because it's all about the process and it's also all about our everyday lives. And so one of the keys that we would like to touch upon today, because I'm titling this series, again, Fulfilling the Great Commission, but I'm going to introduce maybe a little bit of a a word that you haven't thought about when you think about in context of the Great Commission. What about finishing it? Okay, we're supposed to fulfill it, do it. He said go, right, and make disciples and baptize and teach. That's what Jesus said. But what about finishing the Great Commission? And I'll say right off the bat, Jennifer, this wasn't my idea. This was not something I came up with. And I'll introduce this series by saying this. I've been made aware that there was a summit in Europe back when Billy Graham was still alive. Mm. Billy Graham was invited to this summit because it was about world evangelism, Mm -hmm. right? That was what the summit was about. And these gentlemen, which I don't remember all the people that were in attendance, 
But the topic of their conversation was fulfilling the Great Commission. And out of that summit, they said, what about finishing the Great Commission? Hmm. And here's the thing. So right away, people's wheels start to spin. And I get it because mm-hmm. mine did. Yes. Right? Yeah. Mine spun. But I was taken to the book of Acts in the first chapter. And here's what we do know. What Jesus said in Acts 1-7, he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or seasons which Mm -hmm. the Father has put in his own authority. So the Bible says clearly that nobody knows the day or the time, right? right, When Jesus is going to return, only that he is going to return. Right. And only the Father knows that. But I want to take us, Jennifer, and I'm trying to cut you loose on this. That's all right. You've got important things to say here. Well, it's just interesting as we introduce this series. I think it's cool. And I'm going to take you to Matthew chapter 24, just to lay a backdrop, just to, to, to lay a foundation to this. And verse 14, this is in red letters, Jesus talking, and the gospel of this kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. Okay? We don't know when that is, Mm -hmm. Jennifer. And of course, if you look at the whole entire chapter of Matthew 24, it all started when the disciples came to Jesus and said, when will the end be, Lord? Mm -hmm. Tell Mm -hmm. us, show us what's going to be going on. And of course, he goes on to tell them things, but I thought it was interesting in verse 14, he said, when the gospels preach to all the world, then the end will come. Well, that will be the finish of the Great Commission when the end comes, when Jesus returns. And so I'm like, what does that look like? And we don't know. It may happen in our lifetime, Jennifer. It may not. Very good point. Right? I think for me personally, it helps me stay focused. Not that I'm going to get to see the finish, but I might. And it keeps me going, and it's like the finish line, right? As a runner is running around the track, Mm -hmm. right? Their eye is on the prize. And what is the prize? The finish line. So anyway, let me hush up for a minute, Jennifer, (laughs) and let you unpack that a little bit. Because I think your perspective is unique. And this is what I love about this program. I have different guests on every single week. And we talk about different perspectives, And it helps us all, I believe, Jennifer. So what are your thoughts on this? Well, you brought up Acts 1-7, Mark, which is very well known. And when it comes to uh, what we as Christians are being commissioned to do and what we are being told to do. But you then brought up Matthew 24-14, which isn't mentioned nearly as often, but definitely deserves a definite uh, focus on. And like you said, and and I'm just reading from the NIV, literally just by chance. That's what I printed off. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. So we're living in a time where whether we're supposed to or not, we have a lot of people kind of talking about when they think the end will come. Exactly. And they're bringing up so many national situations and natural disasters and so many things as examples of how closer we are. But the thing I'm finding is I'm hearing some of the same things that I've heard for the past few decades. There you go. That we are getting closer to the end and these are the signs. So when I look at Matthew 24, 14, and I see the words, then the end will come, 
I'm reminded of God's timeline compared to our timeline. Yes, I love it. We look at things in our earthly 24 hours per day, 365 days a year ideal, and yet God sees things so differently. So when is the end in his eyes? Right. And none of us know. Not even the sun. None of us know. That's right. So that puts us back to the beginning of verse 14. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world. There's our job. That's it. There's our job. That's fulfilling. Because we can say we think the end is coming and we can use that as a purpose to encourage people to say your time is short. Right. You need to recognize that accepting Jesus Christ is is the key to your eternal life. And as we know from the thief on the cross, Jesus will take you at the very last second. That's right. But it's a better life when you don't wait to the last second. Yes, it really I would is. recommend that. So what does it mean to preach to the whole world? We can we can look up how many uh, tribes haven't heard the gospel yes. yet. So that gives us an idea of how much work to be done. You know, we can start to see that. But honestly, I can just start with my neighborhood. Right, amen. And see what kind of work needs to be done. See, people are going to think I preempted you with this, but I didn't, Jennifer. I love it because it's just your heart. And that's precisely why I believe the Lord said to have you on, because this is what we need to do. This is what this whole program is dedicated to. The fact that we as individual believers, like our job, our role, our calling for every one of us is to share our faith, to share the hope that we have. Like Peter said, Be always ready to share the reason Mm -hmm. for the hope that you have in Christ. And this is what we're trying to do is encourage the body. You can make a difference in people's lives. You don't have to even know anything about eschatology. Correct. You know, which is the study of the end times. Mm -hmm. Like maybe you haven't even heard of that word before, Mm -hmm. but you know what? It doesn't really matter. What does matter is that you're about your father's business. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the key things that you said to me, Jennifer, was it's about the process. Can you unpack that a little bit? Um, well, you know, I think sometimes we overthink some of this. Yep. First of all, what is our calling? Well, we see it so many times in Scripture that we are called to go out and preach the gospel. But I think some people can immediately think preach the gospel means I'm going to pull out my Bible and I'm going to have them pray the prayer of salvation and boom, they're going to accept Jesus and move on. And that's not always how it looks because relationship is such a key to that building point. And if we really believe the end is coming, right, and if that's where we are and we are seeing it with our eyes that it is in our own real time coming sooner then the relationship building needs to start right away. Luke 10, 2 says, And he said to them, The harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. Therefore pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. And I think about it as our world we're living in, we're having uh, shortages of employees and businesses, and we have all those problems. But we've had a shortage of laborers working for the Lord for years. But the thing I discovered in the last couple of years is how easy it is to share the gospel without speaking the scriptures. Now, the scriptures are key. I love the scriptures. They are key. But what you do and how you act and how you reach out to people is the first step. I've got an awesome testimony to what you just said. And I was at a worship rehearsal last night 
And one of the fellow worshipers said, hey, I have a testimony to share, which is really awesome. She was among her coworkers, and she's like, they all know I'm a believer, mm-hmm. right? And it was so amazing. And she said, this week has been especially tough. My husband and I are going through some struggles this week. And she goes, I'm always the one to always pray for them all the time when they're struggling. They don't necessarily buy all that she has. Mm-hmm. But in this time where she found herself in need, she said the first thing her coworkers wanted to do was pray for her. Hmm. And hmm. exactly what you just said, Jennifer, it's like she doesn't always just preach the word mm-hmm. to them, right? She's shown them love. And that's what makes the difference. And she sowed love. She's reaping love. I thought it was a powerful testimony. Yeah, you know the well-known Christian song from years ago, they will know we are Christians by our love. love. By our love. That's a word that's been twisted a bit in our society today. And uh, we need to go back to to the Great Commission from the beginning to show Christ's love. So when you talk about finishing the end we don't know where the end is, but if we are running the race toward the end, that's it. Then, and, and toward the end, you can get tired. Uh-huh. You can get worn out. You can get winded. But if you know that it is coming, we can't yet see it, yep. but we know it's there. And I have to keep going to get there. And I got to pull as many people along with me as possible. I love that, Jennifer, because, of course, for time's sake, we didn't go on and unpack much more of that. Acts chapter one, but he goes on to say, you know what, this is what I want you to do. I want you to be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and all the ends of the earth. And that is, like you said, to your neighbors. Mm -hmm. That's where it starts. You know, he's talking Jerusalem at that time. That's your neighbors. Right. That's where it starts. Yep. And he said, be my witnesses. And you know, here's the analogy that I have for that, Jennifer. And I've shared this before. I'm not sure on this show, but If you're a witness to an accident, let's say a car accident, you're a witness to it. You saw it. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if that thing goes to trial next week or in five years. You saw it. You were a witness. And all that I think Jesus is saying, you are a witness, not that you were a witness. Mm -hmm. You are, if you will, living witness. And that's what he's asking us to be, a living witness. And you know what? Sometimes, Jennifer, sometimes it is to share the word in that season and for Mm -hmm. that time. But Jesus told us that the Holy Spirit will give you the words to say in every situation. Mm -hmm. But we have to be willing and open to do that. So I want to throw one more scripture out today to discuss, but it's right in context with what we said. We sort of loosely quoted this before, but for the listeners, I want to give you a reference. This is Mark chapter 13, and this is starting in verse 32. Well, it's just verse 32. It says, but of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the son, but only the father. So we don't really know. Even this says the angels don't know. Jesus himself doesn't even know, but only the Father knows that day and hour. And so I like this analogy. Jennifer, you're a runner. That's right. right? So that's one of the reasons why I like this analogy, because you know what it is to be in a race 
running a race and you have to keep your eyes fixed mm-hmm. on the prize or the end result, which in a runner's case in a race would be the finish line. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I don't know where the finish line is because sometimes in a marathon, you know there's a finish line, but you can't necessarily see it at the beginning right. of the race. Right. But you're pressing ahead, mm-hmm. knowing there is a finish line. Trusting oh, in things so you cannot see. That is so good. Which is a core part of our Christian faith. It is, isn't it? Believing in things we cannot see and knowing in the innermost parts of our being that we can believe it. And of course, the great hymn, Trust and Obey, right? Mm-hmm. That's, our, that's our anthem. <laughs> that's our motto. But what I'm thinking about is we're pressing on and I don't know if I'm going to get to see the Great mm-hmm. Commission finish or not. I don't mm-hmm. know. Nobody knows. But what I do know is I have to live like I might. Hmm. You see what mm-hmm. I'm saying? I might. I might get to see that. It's the Father's choosing. But regardless of the finish, I have to fulfill. So that's kind of where I'm at with that. And I'm saying, well, here's what I can do. And that's what I want people to ponder today. I want people to ponder this question. What am I doing to help fulfill the Great Commission? And possibly finish the Great Commission? Am I doing all that I can to help my neighbors, to love on my neighbors, whether they're in Jerusalem or Judea or Samaria Mm -hmm. or wherever they are, what am I doing to contribute to the fulfilling and possibly the finishing of the Great Commission? Do you have any thoughts on that, Jennifer? Well, I have a little action step that I'd like to encourage people to do if they are willing, which I hope they are. Uh, First of all, of course, pray about it. God, Mm. what do you want me to do? But secondly, open your eyes for the people God has put in your life. That's right. There are people in your life right now that are there for a divine purpose. And look for the ones who have been hurt by the church. Look for the ones who have been misled by American Christianity ideas that didn't really lead them to look for people who need to really see the hands and feet of Jesus. And how can you start being that? It might be as simple as a text message of encouragement. Wow. And every couple days, uh, maybe you want to just take someone out to eat and chat and you're not even going to talk about Jesus, but you're just going to chat and you want to listen. What can you do? Who has God put in your life in your mind, on your heart. You might even be saying, I don't like this person. This person drives me crazy, but I can't get this person out of my mind. Well, God has placed that person there for you. And it's so easy to pick up your phone and send a text and just say, hey, I just want you to know that you are really awesome. Wow. And I know that at this moment you're doing something great and I just want to encourage you. And that's it. That's it. And so that's a beginning stage and that's a safe stage in a sense to getting to that ending point because God is putting someone in your life right now that he's saying I want this person with me in paradise and I have selected you to be a step to get there maybe not the finishing step but a step as a child I was able to watch my dad witness to our neighbor for seven years wow and then I will never forget the day I watched his entire family get baptized into the church. Oh my. But it took seven years of fishing trips wow. and card games mm. and backyard barbecues and conversations that rarely talked about Jesus, but talked about Jesus at the right 
times. Time. Right times. Love it. Jennifer, I'm going back in my mind to the analogy of the runner. And for a person maybe running a marathon or a longer race. So hopefully you have family members, friends, supporters of you running that mm -hmm. race. Do you put them all at the front at the starting line? You really don't need them much at the starting line. Exactly. No. And it's further down the track, mm -hmm. right? Because what are they telling you to do? Keep, keep going. Keep going. Yes. Right? Keep going. And that's what this is all about. Because we're going to get to that point. We are in a battle. Right. We are in a spiritual battle that we God will give us a glimpse of, mm -hmm. but I don't think we can even fully comprehend the reality of what it is. And we are his warriors that yeah. are set out to do his work. And as we do get closer to those end times, the Bible tells us it is going to get harder. Amen. And we are going to need to keep going. So Mark, I got to say thank you to someone like you. You are one of those people who cheers on others in those moments when it's hard to keep going. And so God will give you people to encourage, but God will also give people to encourage you as well. We're just, and by the way, thank you, Jennifer, for that, because I just feel like we're all called to do that. Mm -hmm. But we're just finishing up a series on discipleship. And we talked about a lifestyle of evangelism, and then we talked about a lifestyle of discipleship. And you said something in a real practical sense, and I'm glad you went there, because every week I try to give a real practical application to what we're saying. And you did a great job, and you didn't even know that. But <laughs> this is interesting. I just had a conversation with a pastor just a couple of weeks ago. And we were talking about discipleship on this program. And he said, oh, yeah, I, I disciple people constantly. He said, most of the time lately, it's via text. Hmm. And you mm -hmm. said that. Mm -hmm. And it struck me, though, mm -hmm. because I don't know that most of Christianity would really embrace that just because they may not have thought about that before. But can you really disciple somebody over text? God can use every single sure means. Can. And I find for me, who's very, very busy, whether that's God designed busy or me designed busy, you know, that's that's the jury's out on that. Right. I've discovered that you can do a lot through text. Amen. But when you start that, don't be surprised if you find yourself thinking, oh, I'm not going to keep this up. I'm not going to keep doing it because when you are truly doing what God's wanting you to do, there's going to be some opposition. So you've got to push through. The other thing about text is when you might be pouring into the life of someone who is not ready to open up, mm -hmm. it's a tiny door into their lives and it's a safe space for them yep. where they don't have to be right there. You won't know they're crying. Right. You won't know how it impacted them, but you are slowly making an impact. And the other thing I want to say is if you don't hear back from that person, don't worry about it. Yep. Your job is to send the message to press send on that message. And if you don't hear back from them, that's okay because God knows what's happening and God is working. Jesus said love would look like giving, looking for nothing in return, mm. right? Mm -hmm. And so that is exactly what you just said. <laughs> Honestly, it's like, okay, well, I sowed the seed, right? Right. Our job, our calling in fulfilling the Great Commission is to sow. Mm -hmm. Like we read in the gospel of this kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness, well, how is that going to be done? Well, I don't know exactly. It's going to be done in multiple ways <laughs> because it's not just by a method. It is by whatever the Holy Spirit opens mm -hmm, the door. Absolutely. And so I think part of this key to the practical side of this, Jennifer, is being open 
to maybe the Holy Spirit will tell you something different than it's outside of your box. Mm-hmm. Right? right? And maybe the Holy right. Spirit will say, send them a text. You'd be like, well, that's not discipleship. Because I know my religious brain, it starts trying to filter things right away based upon what I've been taught and all these things, right? Well, maybe God's asking you to reach out to somebody else that will take you out of your comfort zone. Mm. And it just might be him. So, man, I tell you, what an awesome episode. Because as you guys know, every single week we say, wow, time's over already. (laughs) And you know, when I contact people initially and I say, well, you know, this is going to go about 25, 30 minutes. People sometimes go, oh my, how are we going to talk for that long? You know, and man, you blink and it's over. But Jennifer, as we wrap up, what would be an encouraging word that you could share with our listeners today that maybe we've said already, but maybe we haven't, that how would you leave it to encourage our listeners? Well, I'm thinking right now about the listeners, maybe potentially parents or grandparents who have family members who have either fallen away from Christ or never accepted him to begin with, despite years of prayer by Mm. those people. And I just want to encourage them to not give up because even though you hear about end times coming, we don't know the time or date and we don't know God's plan. So 2 Peter 3, 9 says, The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. The Bible also talks about praying without ceasing. So if you've been praying for that loved one for a very long time and you're not seeing the fruit... Don't allow the enemy's discouragement to stop you from continuing those prayers, knowing that God's timing is different than we see, and God works behind the scenes in ways that our eyes can't see. But then one day, whew, we see it. Exactly. And it's happened. And your light will break forth speedily, as Isaiah said. I love it, Jennifer. It's so good. It's so practical. And let Jennifer and I be your cheerleaders on the sideline in the middle of your race here saying, keep going, keep going. Don't lose heart. Galatians says, uh, don't lose heart. You will reap a harvest if you don't lose heart. And that's really what we're trying to say today to those listeners that have been trying, because I know all of you have a heart that you want to see your loved one saved. And sometimes, Jennifer, I'll wrap up with this. Sometimes when you start talking about the end times and maybe even the finishing of the Great Commission, our mind goes to our unsaved friends and family members, Mm -hmm. right? And I get that. Mm -hmm. But God has it all under control, Mm -hmm. doesn't he? So guys, thanks for tuning in this week. It's been great to have you here. Tune in again next week. We'll have another guest. As you know, uh, if you've listened before, we do this every single week. I'm so excited about what God wants to do in and through each one of you. And thanks for tuning in to Time to Revive. Thanks for listening to Time to Revive. This show has been brought to you by Rise FM and Revive Ohio. More information about this program at risefmohio.com. The Rise FM Podcast Network.